And now, Gary Leland, the Bitcoin Boomer. And hello, welcome to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. And yes, I'm a boomer. And yes, I like Bitcoin. So yes, I'm a Bitcoin boomer. So hopefully you're a boomer and hopefully you like Bitcoin or hopefully you just like Bitcoin. I don't care if you're a boomer or not. But this show is for anyone who likes Bitcoin or anyone who's interested in Bitcoin, whether you like it or not. You know, there's a, a I keep saying there's a tidal wave that's coming in the financial markets. And that tidal wave is called Bitcoin. Now, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a guy who's spent a lot of time over the past few years reading and studying about Bitcoin. Now, I'm producing this show live from the Biz TV studios here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and hopefully wherever you live, you've been joining us every week. We have one more uh, show left for the season. And so we're going to try to make this one, which is the next to the last show, an exciting show for you. Now, I do want to let you also know right now, if you have questions, please send them to me. We answer questions on the show all the time from fans of the show. Send your questions to GaryLeland at gmail.com. That's GaryLeland at gmail.com. And we'll try to get your uh, questions on the show. And don't worry, we're only going to use your first name. So if it's a question and you're worried about uh, us saying your name, all we're going to say is your first name on the show. So please send us your questions for sure. Now, I do want to let you know today we have got a great guest for you. A great guest, Jeff Vandrew Jr. He runs the Key Keep. I know I'm saying that wrong. I know there's more to it. But the Key Keep IRA, I believe, is what it is. And uh, he's an accountant, a CPA, and an attorney. And what he does is he helps you put Bitcoin into IRAs, Roth IRAs, regular IRAs. That's his business. He's been doing it for quite a while. He's been in the Bitcoin since 2014. Jeff knows his stuff. Like I said, a lawyer and a CPA. So he knows his stuff. So come back, join us with Jeff Evandrew Jr. And let's find out how you can invest for your future with Bitcoin in IRAs and Roth IRAs for sure. It's a great thing. I'm really excited. You're going to find this an exciting show. We'll see you right after this word from our sponsor. So stick with us. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm your host, Gary Leland, and I'm a boomer, and I like Bitcoin. That's why I'm a Bitcoin boomer. But this show is not just for boomers, as I said earlier. This show is for anyone who's interested in Bitcoin. So Travis, we had a conference. Travis was at my conference this weekend, the BitBlock Boom, who we've been telling you about that conference for weeks. Travis, what do you think? What did you think of the conference? Oh, I think it was pretty awesome myself. You know, we've got we to have a shameless plug, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we had a good time there. Now, as a matter of fact, our guest today, Jeff Andrew Jr., was a speaker at our conference, and he talked about Bitcoin and taxes. I think this is something pretty interesting that everybody needs to know about and hear about. And as I always say, I don't have any Bitcoin to sell you. <laughs> That's not why I do these shows. 
we want to educate you. So when this tidal wave comes through called Bitcoin, you know what's going on with it. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Gary. So Jeff, would you? I'm going to do some uh, self-promotions here on my conference some more. What did you think of BitBlock Boom? BitBlock Boom was awesome. I always say that I have to go to several of these conferences every year typically, but the only one that I would go to even if I didn't have to go for self-promotion and for work is BitBlock Boom. Well, that's just a... the best group of people, say just the best group of people, uh, just the right size, not too big, not too small and uh, always the best speakers and really the best ancillary events as well. That's kind of what makes it uh, really special. Well, thanks. Those are kind words to say. And you spoke this year. Um, for the I first did. Time. You've been the last three years, but this is the first time you spoke about taxes in Bitcoin. And I think that's like a really important subject that everybody needs to know. So I've said, heck, let's get you on the show here and let's talk about taxes in Bitcoin. I, I think a lot of people feel for some reason that if they're trading in Bitcoin, that they don't have to pay any taxes if they make a lot of money. Do you find that <laughs> as common thought with some people? Um, in the old days, like the 2017 era, where people were still doing more of the altcoin trading thing that's, that's died down a lot, um, a lot of people thought that they could trade in and out of different coins without having to pay any taxes as long as they didn't go back to dollars, which was not correct. Um, but by now, most people realize that's not correct. There was a statutory change that made it actually very clear that that wasn't correct, um, even though it probably wasn't correct all along. And then just the, you know, the secondary thing that people really aren't doing that as much anymore, thankfully, nowadays. I see a lot more just people coming in that just want to buy Bitcoin as sort of a long-term uh, investment to hold it. Well, you know, a lot of people have a hard time with the concept, I think, the fact that there's Bitcoin and then there's like 5,000 other cryptocurrencies that sure. you can buy. And uh, I think that's one of the things that confuses people the most about it. And, and of course, there are other things like taxes and things like that. But when you move from one cryptocurrency to another, you're saying that's one of the times you have to pay taxes. That's like selling Facebook stock and buying Barrett Gold stock. You got to pay your taxes because that's when you're making your profit off the first investment. That's exactly right. That's actually the perfect analogy. That's exactly right. So, uh, so how can people save money on their taxes or what are some tips or what, what should we be telling people about taxes? I'm going to kind of let you take charge here because your speech was great. I saw, I edited it today, so I listened to it today. Um, so let's, let's just, I want you to start moving on this and you take the lead here. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the important thing to keep in mind, I guess, is, I mean, if you're just buying and holding your Bitcoin and you're not selling it, you don't have taxes to worry about, at least at the current time, right? The, the way taxation of Bitcoin works in a nutshell is when you buy your Bitcoin for, say, let's say you buy it for $10,000 and you're holding it, you don't have any taxes to pay until you eventually spend it or sell it. And regardless of whether you spend it or you sell it, uh, that's when the tax kicks in. If you sell it, it's a very straightforward thing where whatever the sales price was minus what you paid for it, that's your capital gain. So if you sold your Bitcoin for 12,000, you bought it for 10,000, you have a capital gain of $2,000, pretty straightforward. If you spend your Bitcoin, it's essentially the same thing. It's a deemed sale uh, in the amount of the fair market value on that date. So if you were to spend that one Bitcoin and the fair market value, you know, when I say spend, you know, buy a car with it, whatever. 
um, and on the fair market, uh, excuse me, the fair market value on the date that you spent it was that $12,000, you have that same $2,000 gain. So in a nutshell, that's how, you know, Bitcoin taxation works. Um, one of the things that we do for clients that are a lot of my clients are buying and holding Bitcoin as a retirement asset. So there's a variety of different reasons why you might want to do that. Um, you might, for, first of all, a lot of clients, especially your age, Gary, the majority of all of the investable assets they have are in an IRA or, or some other sort of retirement account. And in that case, you know, we provide a way for them to roll over those assets into a retirement account that allows them to buy Bitcoin and actual Bitcoin, not, not a Bitcoin fund um, like many of the ones that you might see out there. It's not um, like Grayscale Capital or something like that. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Not like Grayscale. So the other advantage to you know that situation is when you're holding your Bitcoin in a retirement account um, is that if you're going in and out of Bitcoin for some reason, if you're trying to do any market timing, there's no tax on your sales. That all becomes completely tax free. And if you do it as a Roth account, either a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, there's no tax ever. So you might buy your Bitcoin for 10,000. You might spend it when it goes up to a million dollars, let's say, right? Uh, there'll be no income tax on that event. So long as, of course, you're over age 59 and a half at that time. Before we get into that, so before we get into that any deeper though, and I should have probably started with this, but now I think we have people hooked. They want to know more about this. Tell people sure. about your company. Um, is, is Jeff Andrew Jr. LLC? Am I correct? Uh, just Vandrew LLC. Okay, yeah, we're, we're a law firm and we sort of, um, we really focus on helping people set up a legal structure so that they can hold alternative assets within their IRA, uh, specifically Bitcoin, and do so in a non-custodial manner. So probably a lot of your listeners, I assume on prior episodes, you've talked about what it means to hold your own keys. Right. So m most of the Bitcoin products out there today are excuse me, Bitcoin IRA products out there today are custodial, meaning you don't hold any Bitcoin at all. You just log into an account and they tell you how many Bitcoin are in that account, right? So it's no different than just holding your Bitcoin on Coinbase or on an exchange or whatever, not your keys, not your Bitcoin, of course. Um, what we do is we actually create a legal structure for your IRA such that the only asset held by your IRA is uh, either a limited liability company or similar vehicle. Um, and you're appointed manager of that limited liability company, meaning you're the one with, with sole control over its assets. So any funds that flow into your IRA, they drop down into this LLC where you're the manager. Um, and because they're in this LLC where you're the manager, you can then use those funds to purchase Bitcoin and you can hold the keys yourself in a non-custodial way because the only quote unquote custodial asset within your IRA in this setup is the limited liability company itself. So this is a way where you can actually hold Bitcoin using retirement funds in an IRA or a 401k, but you can still hold your own keys. Your IRA custodian doesn't need to be in possession of your keys. That's the idea here. So if people even already have Bitcoin, they don't have to necessarily buy new Bitcoins to put in there. They can designate, I have $7,000 worth of Bitcoin I want to put into a Roth. No, you can't do that. So IRS okay. rules say that only dollars can flow into an IRA. Okay. So dollars flow in, you buy Bitcoin once the dollars go in there. So our typical client 
is someone who has an IRA or 401k typically that they want to roll over either all of it or a portion of it into this structure uh, and then use that to buy Bitcoin. That's okay. our sort of normal clientele. Okay, because I, I see I was wrong in there. I thought you could do that. Okay, well, we're going to have to take a hard break here. I'm getting the, the finger chopping finger there. So we're going to come back and finish that part of the conversation in just a minute, everybody. And before you go, everybody, make sure when we're gone, tell your friends to come watch this show. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomer Show. I'm Gary Leland, and we have a great conversation going on today. I'm actually learning something, so I know it's a good show if I'm learning something. Jeff, let's get back in here, and I will find out more about uh, Bitcoin IRAs. Okay, so first of all, I just found out a minute ago that you don't transfer the Bitcoin into an IRA. You transfer the cash into an IRA, and then from inside the IRA, you buy your Bitcoin, or, or you could buy a car. I mean, you could buy anything you want once it's in there, I guess. Anything that's not, uh, that doesn't fall under what are called the prohibited transaction rules or a couple other different types of rules. So Bitcoin doesn't run afoul of any of those rules. So that's why you're, you're able to buy and hold Bitcoin in there. Okay, okay. So now on the Roth IRA, if you've got a, or if you've got a traditional IRA, and you want to transfer the, to the Roth IRA, you just go ahead and pay the taxes on what you've made so far, I guess, put it in the Roth yeah. IRA, then you buy your Bitcoin, and then like you said earlier, if Bitcoin hit 100000 or a million dollars or whatever, you took it out and sold it, you're getting that money tax-free. Yeah, at that point, it's tax-free forever. So we get a lot of those as well. Um, people that when they transfer their assets over from another retirement account, very often at that time, they decide to do a traditional to Roth conversion, which as you said, uh, you do have to pay some upfront income tax when you do that. Um, if you're worried about your tax bracket, you can spread that conversion out over a couple years if you wanna do it that way, convert a little bit at a time. But yeah, the advantage to doing it, as you said, is at the end of the day, it makes those, any appreciation tax-free for life. So can someone like me at 65 still do a Roth IRA or is there a time period when you can't? You could. Um, yeah, you could still do a Roth conversion um, at 65. You'd be fine. So if I have Roths somewhere else and they aren't into that, it's with like a, a financial server, you know, a well-known financial yeah, company. Yeah, typical, right, typical brokerage, right. Would I switch that over to someone like you? Is that what you would do? Because there are a lot of people who yeah. have Roths sitting there and they're going, my money's already in a Roth, but I want to get into Bitcoin. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we have a lot of clients that do that sort of thing. Um, all essentially you need to do is give us your account number and the name of the custodian, and it can be arranged as a custodian to custodian transfer. So you don't even actually have to touch the funds directly. Um, they'll just go from, let's say your current IRA is with Fidelity, just for example. Um, the funds will be just be directly transferred from Fidelity into this structure and you'll be good to go. And that'll be a tax-free transfer. 
Well, now, I do have a question for you that I'm going to have to read. I don't usually read these questions. But this go ahead was and sent, shoot. Huh? I said, go ahead and shoot. This was sent to me by a friend of mine who wants to know about this, who is uh, an accountant. And she knew I was talking to you. We were okay. talking last week. So she said, uh, well, we, weren't talk we were talking this morning. She said, I have a client that wants to invest in Bitcoin. They have approximately 50K in a traditional IRA. They're okay. going to convert the traditional IRA to a Roth IRA and pay the taxes due from conversion in 2020, which is everything we just covered about. Mm -hmm. In the Roth IRA, they want to invest in Bitcoin. So this is everything we just talked about. My first question is, is there any reason in this scenario above that does not work? No, it works. That's a really common scenario. We see this sort of thing all the time. Uh, there's nothing unusual there and nothing that would cause any sort of a problem. And then the next part of that question is, what brokerage house will allow you to buy Bitcoin inside a Roth IRA? That's what you do, right? You're the brokerage house. Yeah, I mean, no brokerage is going to allow you to do that, right? So the whole thing with IRAs is under the IRS rules that you're required to have either a brokerage or a bank or what's called a non-bank custodian um, act as custodian of your IRA, which sort of would seem to prevent the whole thing that I just talked about before where you're actually holding your own keys. So the way we get around that is uh, we work with a bank, a licensed bank to act as custodian, but they act as custodian on, over one sole asset. And that's that limited liability company that I talked about before um, over which you're the manager. So that's how we sort of get around that requirement of a custodial account such that you're still able to buy Bitcoin, still able to hold your own keys and you don't have to worry about finding, for instance, as uh, your questioner said, a brokerage that's willing to hold Bitcoin on your behalf for you. So how long have you been doing this, Jeff? I mean, I mean, you've been doing this since I've known you, and I've known you at least three years. Yeah, so I've been setting up these type of accounts since 2014. And so were you already doing IRAs and Roth? So when you found out about Bitcoin, it was just the natural, you were like, ding, 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 mm -hmm. ding. No, actually, um, you know, I was already a tax lawyer uh, at the time. And at the time when I started doing them, I just wanted to be able to hold Bitcoin in my retirement account. That was it. I didn't really know if any clients would care about it at all. It wasn't the bulk of my practice at that time as a tax lawyer. Um, I'm, I'm actually both an attorney and a CPA. I, I didn't mention that early on. But um, so, you know, I just kind of looked into different ways to accomplish that, came up with this. It's an adaptation, basically, of an existing strategy that people used to use for holding real estate in an IRA. And uh, yeah, just came up with it, did it for myself, kind of just started throwing it out there as something that I offered to clients, not really thinking very much of it at the time. No one really cared about it back then um, to hold Bitcoin in their IRA. It was a different time back then. Even the much smaller number of people that did care about Bitcoin back in those days they were very wary of things like IRAs or, or even lawyers, frankly, right? That was just not something they wanted to deal with. It was a much smaller uh, group with a different, much different attitude back then, right? So it didn't get much traction when I started doing it, but I just kind of always left it out there as a service that I offered to my clients. Uh, and then over time, it's just really taken off to now where it's the overwhelming majority of my practice. So... People getting into it when you first started, 2014, you said? Yeah, 2014, you got it. So we've, we've definitely had a substantially lower price on Bitcoin at that point in time. So people for their $7,000 were getting much more Bitcoin than they do now. 
So oh, yeah. So those I mean, people, they were buying Bitcoin for hundreds of dollars back then. Yeah, exactly. So if they were setting up Roths back then, even if Bitcoin never went up, they're in a really good situation when they turn 65. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like if you put... You know, if you put ten thousand dollars, let's say, into or let's say nine thousand, it's a little easier. Into a Roth IRA when I first started, you probably three. Uh, yeah, I mean, you would have had like twenty-seven Bitcoin. Sorry, I had to like stare up in the space for a second to figure that out. Yeah, so you, that's what you'd have in your Roth IRA today, and you would have no tax on that at all. Uh, you know, when you retired and you wanted to pull that out and start spending it uh, in retirement. So, so, yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's so that ten, deal. In, in six years, that $10,000, $9,000 went up to 270000 Is that what you said, Twenty seven. Yeah, roughly speaking, right, as we're recording this, yeah, it would have gone up to about $270,000. And if they yeah. pull it out at the age of 65, they pay no income taxes on that. 59 and a half. 59 and So they half. only have to wait till they're 59 and a half. Yep. Well, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> It is a pretty good deal. You can't beat that. Uh, there's nothing else you could have put in your IRA, I don't think, over that time period that probably would have gotten you that same level of return. Yeah, because that's, that's amazing. But the thing is, most of the people you were dealing with in 2014 that were buying Bitcoin probably were further than six years away from being uh, able to pull it out with no taxes. So by the time they, yeah. pull it, by the time they do pull it out, they could be pulling out, instead of $270,000, they could be pulling out $2.7 million with no taxes. Yeah, at least. I mean, we have no idea. I mean, some people have set this stuff up with me in their 20s. You know what I mean? So it's really all over the place. I've had everything from real young clients in their 20s to, uh, you know, relevant to this show. I've set these up for boomers where this is their first exposure to Bitcoin, period. You know, they had never owned a Bitcoin before in their entire life until setting this up. So it really runs the whole the whole gamut, everything you could imagine. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about boomers and Bitcoin and you're setting up boomers with Bitcoin. You know, as a boomer, I always think on a level that, oh, it's too late to set up a Roth because I should be pulling them out, but I'm not pulling out any. So <laughs> I guess I'm still putting them in there. And with Bitcoin, maybe you do have something to put in there that's going to go up big in value in a short amount of time and is worth doing. You're right. Yeah. Well, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. So make sure, come back, let's hear some more about investing your money in Bitcoin in an IRA or a Roth IRA, but setting up your future, possibly a big financial win. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. You join us every week and every week we talk about Bitcoin. We have a great show today with Jeff Evander Jr. talking about IRAs. But before we go into that, I do want to make sure you know about another show I produce called the 4-Minute Bitcoin Show. That's right, 4-Minute Bitcoin. And it's at 4MinuteBitcoin.com, of course. But on this show, I bring you one news article every day about Bitcoin in four minutes or less. I don't want to take a lot of your time, but I want to educate you a little bit every day. So if you're interested in learning more about Bitcoin, but don't have a lot of time, check out 4MinuteBitcoin.com. Can't get much shorter than that, I promise you. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Now let's get back to Jeff Vandrew Jr. and talking about 
Bitcoin and IRAs. I want to find out more about boomers getting into uh, Bitcoin with you through IRAs or Roth. It's the topic of the show, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, most things just, most things pertain to everybody. But when you bring up a boomers are doing something, it really gets me interested. And I'm sure when you started back in 2014, the amount of boomers that were buying Bitcoin from you was a very low amount. You know, I actually think that as a proportion of my total clients, I had way less clients back then that were interested in this. But as a proportion of my total clients, I actually think earlier on, boomers were a larger proportion of it, to be honest. Um, and I think that was just a fun. I don't actually don't know what that's a function of, um, to be 100 percent honest. But yeah, I mean, just thinking about it, obviously, I don't I'm not looking at statistics on clients from back then. But I've had a pretty consistent um, number of boomers this whole time. But I'd say boomers have been some of my more, my more consistent clients and that they get, probably got involved earlier. So do you, do you say more now it's you still have boomers, but it's less of a percentage that everybody, yeah, I everybody have more total boomer clients. Right. But I just have so many more clients now. Um, for whatever reason, I think a lot of the real early guys tended to be boomers. So were a lot of the early guys moving Roths that they had or IRAs they already had yeah. over to you rather yeah, than putting that was, new money that in? Yeah, that was the norm. Yeah. yeah. And so now you have a lot of people maybe doing that also, but moving money over. I mean, putting new yeah, money Yeah, I in. mean, the whole time all the way through, the, the bulk of my clients usually are transferring over, or if you want to say rolling over, um, an account from another custodian, whether that's an old 401k or an old IRA or whatever the case might be. Most of my clients are doing that. I do get some that are just starting from total scratch. They're just going to max out the contribution every year and go from there uh, into that sort of IRA. And then for self-employed people that don't have employees, like your typical independent contractor or people like that, they're eligible for self-directed 401ks. And with the self-directed 401k, the contribution limits are so high that a lot of them actually aren't rolling over anything. They're just making big annual contributions every year. Depending on the amount of your self-employment income, you can contribute up to $57,000 per year. So that's sort of, I guess, kind of my mix there in terms of how people are doing their initial funding for these accounts. So when you get the, when you buy people, when people invest in you to go into bitcoin where do you get your bitcoin at do you just buy it over the counter or i mean i mean you must have some so, a source yeah so we help them uh you know when clients come over we help them get an account open on an exchange which has to be a special account in the case of the ira setup i just talked about it has to be a special account in the name of the llc or in, the reason i say llc or similar vehicle is because in california and a few other states that impose really high fees on llc's we actually form an investment trust vehicle, which is very similar to an LLC, but gets around that $800 fee. So when I say LLC during this conversation, I mean either or. Um, so we help you get an exchange account open uh, in the name of that LLC is the way it has to be set up in order to buy your Bitcoin. So depending on what exchange we use really depends on what clients, what client, excuse me, what state the client lives in. So in most states, um, we tend to use ITBIT, which is a large institutional exchange based in New York City, only because their institutional onboarding tends to be very quick. Um, in Texas and Tennessee, ITBIT doesn't do any business. So uh, in those states, we tend to use Bitrix or Kraken 
uh, or Gemini. We can, re I mean, if the client has a specific preference as to exchange, we'll use whatever the client's preference is and we can typically work with them and get an account open on any exchange. And then now there are some newer players coming in that are not necessarily exchanges. They work more on like a brokerage model. Um, probably the, the one that most of people listening might be familiar with is like River Financial. Right. So for clients that are interested in more of that sort of experience uh, and that live in one of the states where uh, they do business, uh, we have a good relationship with them as well and we can help you get a, get an account set up there. Well, I think River Financial, I mean, I had a conversation with them a couple of weeks ago. They really are kind of targeting boomers, it sounds like to me. They're after the higher They end. are. Yeah, they're not after the people getting into Bitcoin. They're people, well, maybe they're getting into Bitcoin, but they're getting into it in a decent way. Yeah, I mean, one of the advantages is, um, you know, some, uh, not, I mean, some. if you want more of like, a, I guess, white glove service, that's kind of what they do, right? right? Um, for instance, you can even call them on the telephone and talk to them if you have to. That's not something you can typically do with an exchange. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. We've had clients that have moved in that direction that we've gotten them an account open on River. Yeah, they told me they would actually call anyone <laughs> that, that I knew needed help and actually over the phone help them set up their wallet to put their Bitcoin in. Yeah, they're I don't really, know a lot of people really good that. about stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty impressed with it. They would take that much time to call someone. Now, also, when you set up an IRA, I don't know how this all works, but I know there are yearly fees involved. Um, it's not like you just set it in there. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? But don't you have to pay for like maintenance or something like that? Yeah. So the way we work is there's a flat one-time setup fee that you never pay again, which is uh, $1,995. And then in year two and successive years, there's an annual maintenance fee that's $150 a year. Okay. So it's just, so if you're into Bitcoin, I, I can pretty much, I'm, I'm not a financial expert, but I think we can pretty much say you're probably going to make $150 a year. Off your we business. hope, right? Yeah, it's a bad year if you're not up 150 bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a bad year if you're not up 150 bucks. So how did you originally get into Bitcoin? How did I, well, well one of the jokes I made, I, I think, when I was speaking at BitBlock Boom, uh, was it two weeks ago? Well, by the time this airs, maybe four weeks ago now. Uh, was that I'm at the conference, I think I was the second oldest guy there. I think you're the only guy there that might have been a little older than me. So, yeah, um, I, I started practicing and investing long before Bitcoin was a thing that existed. Um, so like a lot of older guys that got into Bitcoin, I started with the gold angle uh, and then sort of just realized over time that Bitcoin was an improvement upon gold in a variety of different ways, right? Um, you know, it's just, it's more divisible. Uh, it's easier to store for, you know, very obviously Bitcoin, I mean, gold, you have to have a vault or a safe. There's a physical security issue there. Um, and it really just seemed to me that Bitcoin was going to start fulfilling that role that at one time in the past gold used to. And I'm not knocking gold. I mean, I still own gold. But uh, it just sort of seemed like Bitcoin was the next natural evolution in that direction. So uh, that's a good reason it's probably called digital gold is because. Yeah, it, exactly. Right. You know, it moves in that direction. You kind of getting off subject here. You know, people off the IRA subject for a minute. People talk a lot about how the dollar is failing or the economy is going to go in the toilet and that the uh, fiat money is being printed so much that, you know, that there's going to be a, a catastrophe in fiat. And um do you think gold would ever come back if that happened? Or do you think we would move on? Because 
really no currencies ever come back once it's been taken out. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think honestly, gold's always going to play somewhat of a role, um, at least during, I mean, maybe not far into the future, but at least during any sort of time frame that I can imagine in my brain, right? I try not to think too far into the future. I think there's, um, you just end up being so wrong, I think, if you try to make prognostications too well, far. Well, in my case, so I, I can't definitely think still too think far. gold's going to be around for a while. Well, in my case, I can't think too far into the future. <laughs> well, yeah, right, yeah. In your time frame, I would definitely say I wouldn't write off gold altogether. I think it's it's yeah. uh, it's still going to be around. It's still going to serve a purpose. Well, we've got a hard break here, so we're going to go to a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with uh, Jeff for our wrap-up section. So thanks for listening. Remember to tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you in just a minute. Boomer Show. Forgot the name of the show for a second. I'm your host, Gary Leland. Didn't forget that part. Okay, Boomer. So, everybody, thanks for watching the show. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. I do want to tell you about one more thing real quick. It's a conference I do. We've talked about it a couple times on the show today, but I want to make sure you know about it, where to go look for information on it. It's a year away, but we've already sold 20% of the tickets, so it's going to sell out pretty soon. Go to bitblockboom.com and check out our conference. You will find amazing speakers. Jeff spoke there last year. And if you look under the tab for previous speakers or previous conferences and look at the 2020 conference, you'll be able to see Jeff's talk that he gave at BitBlockBoom. So that's on there for you. So take a look at BitBlockBoom.com, not just for buying tickets, but look at the conference recordings from the years after, the previous years after. And Jeff, welcome back to the show. Let's get back into this Bitcoin talking here in IRA and investing. Um, is there any other vehicle or anyone else that does anything like this? Or do you pretty much have this wrapped up? I assume you were the first. Uh, I mean, this structure has been around for a while. I mean, and there are certainly other people that offer it. Um, I'm probably, the out of all those people, the most focused on Bitcoin, right? Um, so I have a couple of advantages. Number one. Having a strong Bitcoin background, I can help with the Bitcoin piece and not just the legal tax piece. Um, and then number two, you know, most of the companies that set these up for people are not law firms, right? They're just marketing firms. Uh, so as a law firm, as a tax lawyer, I can give you tax advice, right? Because tax law is what we do. Um, so that's really what differentiates us from everybody else out there. Okay, well, I've got a couple of questions on this, and hopefully I can remember both of them until I get to them. Number one, you had a setup fee you talked about earlier. Is that mm -hmm. every year to set up the Roth? Or Just is that one like this? time. No, it's okay. a one-time fee. You only pay that once. So once you pay the one-time fee, then it's 150 a year, no matter how many Bitcoin you've acquired in your... Correct. Okay, because yeah. I think that's important to know. That really makes a difference. Number two, I moved the money into my Roth. Okay, mm -hmm. I've moved it in there, set up my Roth, and I'm going to get Bitcoin. Can I buy that Bitcoin for myself? No, you cannot do that. So that's what's called a prohibited transaction. Um, you can't buy it from yourself or any of your family members. It has to be in what's called an arm's length transaction, if you want to think about it that way. So you, have, you can buy it on an exchange. 
Um, if you buy it from an unrelated party in an off-exchange transaction, that's fine. But you can't buy it from yourself. You can't buy it from your spouse. You can't buy it from your kids. You can't do that sort of thing. Okay. Because I, I was thinking to myself, that's a good way to uh, sell some of your, to get your own Bitcoin into there. But I guess they, that's uh, people nope, do stuff like can't that. Can't do that. Yeah. Or they wouldn't be a law against people. <laughs> that's <trying> right. <laughs> take advantage of it. Is there anything unusual you've ever put in a Roth? Or an IRA, you mean, like other other types of assets, yeah, other yeah, than a yeah. uh, like Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm just curious. Have you like put a 55 Corvette or anything weird into a uh... a 55 Corvette would probably violate the collectibles rules. I'd ha there there are what are called the collectibles rules. Um, so certainly, if you put a 55 Corvette in there, you could never drive it because that would that would be a prohibited transaction. Um, I have not looked at the collectibles rules on automobiles. It, so I don't know offhand. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blanking out on that right now. But generally, uh, collectibles are prohibited from being held uh, within an IRA. Most of the other stuff that my clients have done in addition to like Bitcoin are like private lending, like writing private mortgages for uh, people buying investment properties. That's a real popular one. Uh, marine financing is another popular one. That's basically uh, loans that are secured by... When I say marine financing, I mean like shipping vessels, really, really big shipping vessels. So those can be, obviously those are huge loans. Those vessels have a tremendous amount of value, but there are platforms out there where you can fund just, you know, as low as 20 or $30,000 of what might be a five or $10 million loan. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, a lot of clients have historically liked those because ships are pretty good collateral. They don't depreciate. Those shipping vessels don't depreciate the way most pieces of equipment would, for instance. Um, none of this is investment advice, I have to tell you that, of course. Um, so yeah, mostly that sort of stuff are, are the types of things that I've seen in terms of uh, you know, unusual alternative investments. Some people have used this sort of structure to invest in like hedge funds or private investment partnerships. You can typically do that as well. Okay. Nothing to, nothing all that fun, unfortunately. Uh, you know, nothing like a 55 Corvette. I was hoping there was some great story there that we nah. <laughs> accidentally. Not nearly that interesting. Accidentally draw out of you. Well, that's, that's a shame. I was looking for that. So what else, What because we've only got about five minutes left, what other piece of advice would you give anyone who's looking at this route for uh, investing in Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, it's, it's sort of the perfect asset for a Roth, right? Because the idea with a Roth is you're... Roth is the perfect situation for a Roth, I should say, is one where you're buying an asset at a very low value um, and it's going to radically appreciate in value over time. Because if you're only getting modest appreciation over time, then, you know, really a traditional IRA or 401k is really the way to go a lot of times. You take that upfront tax deduction. But for something that you really expect to drastically appreciate in value, a Roth is really the way to go. Um, we set these people up, we set, excuse me, people up with these all the time. Um, and, you know, I haven't had any clients yet be unhappy with it. So uh, I even have had some clients that have gotten to the point where they're now retired and taking distributions. Yeah, I would think that if you were young, maybe, and you had moderate gains, uh, Roth might also be worth it because you've got a long time and it's going to just over time go up a lot. But if you're a boomer, I mean, let's face it, we got about 20 years left, you know? So you, if right. you need something rapidly yeah. that's going to appreciate or there's no use doing it. Right, exactly. And that's, 
That's usually the, I mean, it, Bitcoin sort of changes the math when you're making that choice between a traditional and Roth, because usually when you're older, you might favor the traditional a little bit more. You'd rather take that upfront tax deduction because there's not as much time left for those assets to grow going forward. But with Bitcoin, as you rightly pointed out, the math kind of changes there, right. right? Because you just, you don't know, like it, it really could take off even if your time horizon is only another 10 or 20 years or something like that, um, such that it makes the Roth IRA really worth it. Right, well, we're getting ready to wrap this up. So tell people again where they can reach you, follow you, find you, get information, get your help, give them what we need them to know. Yeah, so if you want to reach out to me, my website is keykeeperira.com. Uh, you can schedule a telephone consultation with me there. Uh, you can, there's a way, there's an email contact form, whichever you prefer. Um, you can get a hold of me either way there, and uh, we'll be happy to help you out. You know what I really think I like the best about your service is the fact that I actually, or whoever does business with you, actually gets to keep their keys. And I assume that's yeah, why your name is Keykeeper. Yeah, there's a couple benefits there. I mean, number one, that uh, holding your own keys is just a benefit in general for all the reasons I'm sure you've talked about on prior episodes of this show. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin, as the saying goes. Um, and then number two, it just makes the whole setup a lot cheaper, right? I mean, most of the custodial IRA solutions for Bitcoin charge like they charge a percentage when you buy your Bitcoin. And then they also charge like a 1% per year storage fee. And you get to avoid all those fees by holding your own keys. Well, that, and that's, as you say, it's not your keys, it's not your Bitcoin. So do people have, we only have a second here. Uh, you know, I know a lot of Bitcoiners are really afraid for anyone to know they have Bitcoin. You know, mm -hmm. is, is that, do you have people that bring that up as an issue and you got like 30 seconds to answer this? Yeah, so I mean, it gets, I mean, obviously the exchange is going to know you're going to have Bitcoin, right? Uh, there's no way around that because they're going to KYC you. Um, the bank will see the transactions going to and from an exchange, right? Just like any other sort of bank account where you're transferring money onto an exchange. Um, the IRS only gets reported the fair market value of your account every year, um, which you self-certify to the bank and the bank reports that. Um, so there's no direct reporting in that regard that the underlying asset is actually Bitcoin. Okay. Well, thanks for that. And Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the show. This was kind of late notice for you. And you came in like a champ and put up with some technical difficulties even to begin with. So Jeff, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. And uh, everybody, we're going to come back after this break. But this is Gary Leland with the Bitcoin for Boomer Show. And we'll see you back in just a minute. And welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Jeff gave us some great advice, great information. I like learning new information. But I just realized we hadn't had a question today, and we usually ask two per show. So, uh, Travis, we got a question. I know we got at least one back there. Uh, yes, we do. We have one from Sharon in North Carolina. Now, uh, she listens to audiobooks on Audible, and she was curious, what Bitcoin books do you recommend? Well, that's a good question. I think we may have had one similar to this in the past, but I recommend uh, The Bitcoin Standard by Saifedean Amus. Great book. The Little Bitcoin Book is also a great book by Jimmy Song. 
And then there's uh, Inventing Bitcoin by Pritzker. Either of those. But if you want to find an easy way to find the books, just go to GaryLeland.com slash book. That should take you straight to a page where you can find out about books and everything. But I love Audible books. I listen to a lot of Audible books, as a matter of fact. And those three are great. I would listen in the order of, I would start with Inventing Bitcoin and then move to the little Bitcoin book and then end up with Safedine's Amoose, the Bitcoin Standard, because that's pretty, a little bit more heavily involved than the other two. So that would be the order I would do the, uh, listen to the books in, or read the books, whichever works for you. But I'm big on Audible books. I find I have more time to read books if I listen to them while I'm driving around. Instead of dedicating specific time to sitting there reading, I'm so busy, I have hardly had the time for that. And I think... I think many people are that way too. So, Sharon, thanks for your question. I'm glad you sent it in. And please remember, everybody, if you do have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, just send it to GaryLeland at gmail.com. Kind of easy to remember there. GaryLeland at gmail.com. And we'll try to answer your question on a future show. So, like I said, we've had a great show today. We had a great guest. Don't forget to come back next week and join us for a new episode. Actually, next week is our last episode of the season. Then we get a little break here. And also, don't forget to tell people about the show. Tell your friends. Share the show with your friends because we want you to learn about Bitcoin. Like I always say, I don't have any Bitcoin that I'm selling. All I'm doing is giving away information. And hopefully, it gets you ready for when Bitcoin comes and when that tidal wave hits. You already know about Bitcoin, and you're not going, what is Bitcoin? Because you know already. And that's all I'm trying to do. So until next week, this is Gary Leland saying thanks for joining me, and we'll see you soon. Have a good one, everybody.